about this this morning at Sabbath school. We talked about the Good Samaritan and how he was living in the way of God. And we need to learn how to live that way too. We were uh, studying all this week about a subject. The subject uh, uh, was about being faithful uh, to what God has given you. And we were studying about what we had to do as a people and what the ministers had to do. And, and, and God had put this study together. Matter of fact, it was a study that we, had, we, had, we thought we were going to deliver this morning because that name of that study was What is Needed. And it was, it, he took us to Ezekiel and he took us to Chronicles and he took us to, to Luke. And he, took, he said, man, we need to do this before we can get this done. And I found out last night that that whole study was for me. And, uh, and I told my wife this morning, I said, man, the Lord really blesses y'all. He gives me all the ones that get hit in the head and knocked down, and y'all get the easy one today. Because the day he said, he, last night he said, I need you to, to, to tell them this, and that there's called the power of love. And he said, there's a power in love. And I need my people to connect with that power. And so he, he gave us this, this study today. And if you would turn your Bibles to the book of Ephesians chapter 6, and we're going to read a very familiar uh, uh, scripture, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, because there's a power in love and there's a power in darkness. And what we have to understand is that we will need to be connected to the power of love. And there's one way to do that. And we talked about it this morning, but God, I was wondering why God was doing this, but let's go to Ephesians 6, chapter 12, I mean, chapter 6, verse 12. Ephesians 6, verse 12. Now, we understand this scripture. We've, this scripture has so many layers in it. We're going to only talk about one of the layers this morning concerning it. So Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, it reads, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness. Where? In high places, and when you look up the meaning of high places, it's celestial places, it's heavenly places. It's things above our head. It's things not in the physical. There's spiritual wickedness in things that aren't physical. Amen? And that's that what we're going to talk about today. And it, what connects us to these, this is the, the, the rulers of the darkness, there's something that connects us to that. We are connected. We find ourselves connected to the darkness. We find ourselves being fed by darkness. And that's why God says, be prayerful, be careful. He said, I need you to understand that you are dealing with a spirit of darkness. And here is the connection that we all have with it. If you turn your Bibles to Isaiah 14, this will be give us the genesis of the darkness. It will tell us to understand, it will let us understand how we stay connected to the darkness. Because God says, I'm going to bring you from, from darkness, what? To his marvelous light. And why are we connected to the darkness? And there's one head, I mean, there's one uh, uh, title, there, that, there's one uh, 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 topic that always connects us to the darkness. See, we don't, we don't think we, we're bad people. We don't think we, you know, we don't go around murdering people. We don't go around stealing from people. But there's something that connects us to this darkness. And we're going to find out what it is so we can sever that connection and we can connect with the power of love. Amen? Now, Isaiah 14. We're going to start, if you don't mind, at, at, at verse 12. The genesis of the darkness is here. Verse 12, Isaiah 14. It says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? This is the beginning of darkness. This is what we are connected to when we are connected to the darkness. And this is how he got to be darkness. He said, uh, how art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be what? Like the Most High. The genesis of the darkness is self. what keeps us connected to the darkness. And he, say, he showed us that. He said, this is the issue, selfishness. He said, it really has nothing to do. The, the, the stuff that we read about, about the bad people or the bad activities, he said, 
the Genesis is self. He said, Lucifer, that's what happened to him. He was selfish. Because he said, I want to be what I want to be. I want to do what I want to do. Junk on these rules. I, I won't be like the most high. He didn't say he wanted to emulate Jesus. He wanted the power and the respect that Jesus had. He wanted to be worshipped because he was selfish. Now, selfishness, I got this definition. I want you to really listen to this definition of selfishness. Devoted to or caring only for oneself. Concentrated primarily with one's own interest, benefits, welfare, etc., regardless of others. That was Lucifer's position. That's the origin of darkness. And that's how we stay connected to it, through selfishness. Isn't that scary? We didn't know we were connected to him that way. But that is the core that binds us to, Luce, I mean, to Satan himself. It keeps us in darkness. And selfishness always takes life away. It is designed to suck the life and joy and peace and happiness out of you. But we have been convinced by the world that looking out for yourself is the way to go. The first time we see humanity be selfish is in Genesis chapter 2. No, Genesis chapter 3. Let's go to 3. Genesis 3. We all right? Amen. See, we're going to get severed from the darkness today. Because we might not have known, that's why we just can't get it together. Because you're, you're connected to the darkness through selfishness. Now, uh, in Genesis 3, this is when Satan had gotten to mankind and said, be selfish like me. He didn't tell them the whole story, though. See, if Satan would have said, look, I got kicked out of heaven. I lost everything. You're going for myself. Then... He probably said, well, that's not a good sales pitch, man. I don't, I don't think I'm going to go with what you're talking about. But let's, let's see what happened. In verse 4 of Genesis 3, it says, And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. Because that was an issue. She, you know, Satan had said something to her that was contrary to life or contrary to the light that God had given her. And he said, hold on now. Uh, well, God said we, we would surely die. But here comes the darkness. Now, how did the darkness connect with Eve? He lied to her, right? You won't surely die. For God doth know what in that, I'm sorry. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then what? Your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as what? Gods, knowing good and evil. He reached in her, and he found something called self. This is like you can't con an honest man. No honest man is going to play the three-card thing because he ain't trying to get something for nothing. But there was something Eve had been pondering. He found it, and he hooked it. And this is why we know that. He said, verse 6, And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, <clears throat> and that it was pleasant to the eyes. Now, see, self took over. It was pleasant to whose eyes? Her eyes. It was good for who as food? Her. It's she started going for herself. The lie always leads. See, the lie always grabs on to self. See, if self wants something, he'll lie to you. He said, and a tree to be desired to do what? Make, Make who? Why? Her. Selfishness took over. She took of the fruit thereof. And did eat. Okay? What else did she do? She gave unto her husband, also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. Now, self is, it took over. Remember, it's, it's devoted to the caring only of oneself. She looked at it. It was pleasant to her, her eyes. It was good for her, and it was to make her wise. In disregard to what the command of the commander was. Don't do that. Didn't care that it, she, she, she was putting herself in the, in the earth in a condition or position to be counseled by the creator. She didn't care. Self took over. And Adam, the same thing. Adam didn't trust the commander anymore. 
He went for himself. He said, I can't lose my companion. Self connected them to darkness. And self will always kill you. Amen? I know we don't believe that. The connection, in, it, it steals from your soul. We got that? When you're connected to darkness through self, it steals from your soul. Now, and, and, and let's go to Genesis 13. It always steals the life. It always costs you more than you, you can pay. It always takes away the things that God said, I'm going to give you anyway. Self will do that. That's the darkness of this world. And we are connected to the darkness through our selfish ways. Now, here's an example of some selfish ways. Let's go to Genesis 13. We'll begin in verse 8. Anybody know what Abram, Abram was? <laughs> Pre-Abraham. Anybody know who Lot was? Okay, they were, they were family, right? Abram being the oldest, Lot being the youngest. Now, they were having a little issue. God had blessed them so much that they had too much stuff. And they had people who kept the stuff. And the people who kept the stuff got into arguments and fights all the time. And so in verse uh, 8 of Genesis 13, it says, And Abram said unto Lot, Let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, and between my herdmen and thy herdmen. For we what? We be brethren. We be bros. We are brethren. We don't need this strife. Abram, as a wise old man, said, Look, man, let's, let's figure this thing out, because we brethren. We don't want nothing to get between us. Now, verse 9. Is not the whole land before thee? He said, Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou wilt take the left hand, then I will go to the what? To the right. Or if thou depart to the right hand, then I'll go to the left. Now look at the position Abram took. Abram, by right, could have said, Lot, you go left, because I'm going right. Why? Because he was the elder. He was the one God called. But look what, what, what selflessness does. He said, Abram. And he said, Lot, hey, man, you go left, I go right. No problem. Whatever you want to do. Because we just got to fix this problem. Now, let's see what selfishness did and what selfishness cost. Verse 10. And Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the... These eyes get us in trouble. <laughs> he said, he lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was what? Well watered everywhere. <laughs> Before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zoar. He said, oh, he looked and said, man, easy street. Everything's been planted. The, the garden is watered. Everything is wonderful. It's near, it's near the cities, too. You know, we can go and shop. And, you know, all of these things. And, and, and what did he do in verse 11? Then Lot chose him all the plains. See, if you're selfless, when you saw the plains of Jordan, you said, Abram, you're older, man, why don't you get the good land? You, you take your people over there, because, man, that's some good stuff over there. Man, I know that's going to treat you right. But selfish, selfishness was in Lot. He said, Thou Lot, then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan. And Lot journeyed east. And they separated themselves the one from the other. We know the end of Lot's story, don't we? Lot lost his wife. So how many people were righteous in Sodom? God, no, God called Lot righteous. One. His wife wasn't righteous. His daughters weren't righteous. You know why I can say that? His wife turned around. What happened to her? Gone. Daughters got nervous, and what did they do? They started the Moabites and Amorites. Now, it cost Lot everything. Remember, selfishness will cost everything. It'll take the life from you. Please don't forget that. So we want to be, be selfish. Surely you're going to die. That's the darkness that we're connected to. Amen? Let's go to Galatians. Let's look at, look at this. See, we got to come out of this, this connection with darkness that we have through selfishness. See, because there's power to kill you 
in that relationship. But today, we're talking about the power of love because there's power in selflessness, and that's what the power of love is all about. But we're going to go to Galatians, if we would, chapter 5. Now, look at these things that God describes, and you can say this came straight from darkness because it's all about self. Let's read, if we would, verse 19, Galatians 5. God calls it what? The works of the what? Flesh. These are selfish. The works of the flesh are these, which are, uh, work of, I'm sorry. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these? Adultery. Selfish act. Is it not? Because remember what the definition of self, it didn't matter about anybody else. I'm going to do what I want to do, what makes me feel even though it destroyed everything. It didn't matter because the darkness you were connected to was through your selfishness. And it goes on. Fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresy, envyings. Amen? You are selfish when you envy. Connected to the darkness. And all the darkness does is suck the light out of Let's keep going. Envyings, murderers, drunkenness. Drunkenness? How is drunkenness selfish? Duh. Why are you drinking in the first place? I won't feel good. And some people drink and are terrible drunks. They get violent, mean. Some get weepy. That's what you want. You want a drunk, weepy person next to you. And you don't care because it's about me. I, it's selfishness. He said, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past. Now look at this. That they which do such things shall what? Not inherit the kingdom of God. There'll be no selfishness in heaven, and selfish people will not inherit the kingdom. Is that straightforward enough? Now, if selfishness connects us to the darkness, what might connect us to the light? Go to Philippians. What connects us to the light of God? What connects us to this power that comes from love? Philippians chapter 2. Selfishness versus selflessness. We learned a little bit about that this morning, didn't we? How we, uh, Sister Brother, we were the recipient of the greatest sacrifice in the universe because someone was selfless. And all the power in the universe was given to that individual because he was connected to the light. He was connected to God through selflessness. And that's the only way we as a people will be connected to God is through selflessness. Amen? Let's look at Philippians chapter 2. The Lord says in verse 4, Philippians 2, let's start at verse 4. Here is how we get the power of love. Look not every man on his own, what? Things. That is totally contrary to everything you've ever learned on this earth. Is it not? but every man also on the things of others. Lot did not look on the things of Abram. He looked only on himself. Eve did not look after creation. She looked only for herself. And what happened? Surely died. Verse 5 says, Let this mind be in you. Oh, which was also what? in Christ Jesus. Now, see, now we're going to find how Christ was so powerful on this earth. He said, who being in the form of God, amen, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of what? No reputation. Selfless. And took upon him the form of a what? Servant. Oh. How you be selfish and be a servant? That's, a, that's the, the stupidest position to ever take in your own life. It's called a slave mentality. You know why slaves never do anything? Because they're selfish. You know why they're selfish? 
because they don't think nothing's coming and I had to get mine and if you get you you get too much then I'm not gonna get mine or somebody's gonna think more of you y'all thought I was talking about the plantation didn't you <laughs> what about your office settings your house your family it's the crab syndrome B crabs in a barrel syndrome uh -uh. It's called slave mentality, and it's called selfishness. Now, he said, but Christ did something different. He said he, he took upon the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men, the lowest thing that someone of his caliber could be because it was selfless. He said, I have to come help them. I'm giving up everything to help them. They can't do anything for me, but I'm going to do everything for them. That's called the mind of Christ. And if we are going to make it to the kingdom, whose mind should we have? And being found in fashion as a man, he did something that we have trouble with. He humbled himself. He humbled. He submitted to the plan of salvation. He submitted to God's will. That's what humbling means. And became obedient unto what? Death even the death of the cross. He died physically, but he couldn't die physically unless he had died. How? Spiritually. Unless he said, I'm giving up my will for my father's will, there's no way he could have gone to this cross. And we're trying to carry our cross without giving up our spiritual life to him. We're trying to be good Christians without being selfless. It's impossible. Jesus didn't do it. He tried to show us how to do it. He said, man, you got to give it all up, bro. That's what I am. And if you're going to be my disciple, you got to give it all up. But we're so slave-minded that we really think that if God tells us to give it up, we won't have anything. God says, look, man, give this foolishness up. Give the darkness up. I'm trying to give you the light that we can move forward and get some more people out of that darkness. Lord, help us. Selflessness is the mind of Christ. It unlocks the power of God. That's why when Jesus asked his father anything, what happened? It was done according to his word. Why? Because selflessness unlocks that power. Have we ever experienced that? Sometimes mothers experience it. Parents, ex you know, the old-fashioned parents. I don't know about these modern-day people. But old-fashioned, they, 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 it's overwhelming love. They, don't, they can't think about it. If they had a chance to think about it, they just would throw the baby out of the street. But it's just something that's already there. You see, and that's what raising children is about, too. You have to selflessly raise your child. Now, when I, let, me, let me make this point. You get tired of being a parent. Oh, look at everybody. Oh, no, no, never. I was perfect. <laughs> and that's, this is when self kicks in and causes your children to be these little brats. Okay? Now, check this out. Now, I hear the child, and most parents these days say, here. Why? Because self is tired of hearing this. So self takes over and gives the child the, whatever it was and makes that child a demon. No, possessed by a demon, I'm sorry. That's selfish love. That's why when they're, this, they're two years old, you give them everything they want. By the time they're 10, you don't want them living in the house with you. And by the time they're 15, they're either in jail or taking advantage of you. And you're afraid of them. That's what selfish love is. Selfless love is, Lord, give me strength. My head is hurting. My feet is hurting. I'm tired of these children. But Lord, I know that the big picture is I have to be disciplined, I have to be consistent, and, and if I have to knock them out, I have to knock them out. <laughs> and you want to be a parent without the Holy Ghost, you don't know what you're talking about. 
So what do you do? You say, Lord, give me the mind of Christ. When we were whining in the wilderness, what did Christ do? He cared for us. He said, look, yep, y'all going to have to die. You people over here die. If somebody brought something up, yep, you got to die too. Why? Because he was selfless. He was trying to get the whole thing in, in order. And you had a couple of crazy people over here, got rid of them, a couple of crazy people here. But, and God says, look, I love you beyond yourself. And I'm trying to show you that. I'm trying to show you that love. I'm trying to put that love in your heart so you can love others that way too. It was all about selflessness. Because the father tested Moses. And if Moses had been selfish, when God says, stand back, Moses, stand aside, I'm going to destroy these people, and we'll start over again with you. But what did selflessness say? If you take them, blot me out of your book. How amazing is that love? Why? Because he had the mind of Christ. See, love will make you beg for the lives of someone else. Lot did Abraham wrong. See, Lot had to go. I mean, Abraham had to go get dude after the, I mean, he was just a thorn in his side. But when he was in Sodom, love, unselfish love was in Abram's heart. And he said, Lord, peradventure, there's 50. And they had this conversation. He wasn't being presumptuous with God. They were just having this conversation. Abram loved Lot. He said, Lord, if it's, it's unlike you, to, to kill the righteous with the unrighteous. He said, Lord, if it's 10, and the Lord was so unselfish, if there's 10, I'll spare the city. He found one. And he was shaky. So what happened? He had to destroy the city. Abram loved Lot. He pleaded for Lot. That's what selflessness would do. Are we starting to get a picture of what the type of individual we need to be? It didn't matter that they were, did him wrong. It didn't matter that he took the best and laid Abram what he thought was the worst. It didn't matter. Abram loved it. And this is what we're going to have to love each other. John chapter 3. The father taught us a lesson. Sorry, guys. About selfishness and about selflessness. He taught us this lesson in John 3. And of course, verse 16, for God so loved the world that he did what? What's the key word in that sentence? He gave. He gave. What did the good Samaritan do? He gave. He gave of his, didn't he? The father gave everything. He said, I give my only begotten. For what purpose? That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's why I gave it. I, I didn't give, he said, I didn't give my son because I thought you would get, give me something back. Can you imagine God, what kind of exchange rate would that be? We are bringing negative eight to the table. God says, I give you the whole universe. I give you everything that there is. So you'll have a chance to do what? Have everlasting life. That you'll have a chance. That you can have all that I've been trying to give you in your selfishness. I've been trying to get you out of the selfish into the selfless so I can give you all that I have for you. And I gave you an example. The father gave the son. And then the son came down and gave everything. So what are we required to do, those who have the mind of Christ? He's not coming back for selfishness. He found that when he got here the first time. No one is making the trip that's selfish. We understand that? Can we be all right with that? When you're out here going for yourself, Guarantee the holy bus you will not be riding. Mm -hmm. 
when the clouds part and the innumerable company of angels come and the trumpet of the Lord sounds, you not going. Okay? I know that's hard, but it's fair. Selflessness gives life. Remember he said, so you have everlasting life. See, darkness gives everlasting death. What is selfless, selflessness gives? It gives everlasting life. Go to 1 Kings. Let me, we give an example of what selflessness does. It unlocks the power of love. Who is love in the first place? So we unlock the power of God when we are selfless. See, we're afraid to try the power of God. Satan has convinced us that God does not love us, and he will not use his power on behalf of his children. We believe that lie so strongly, we go for ourselves all the time. God will give you a million dollars. Well, that's mine. God bless me. Right? See, God gives you things with instructions. He said, look, now don't fall in love with this. You know, don't make this your God. I blessed you. Now, the mind of Christ looks to do what? Bless others. Amen? Amen? Now, let's go to 1 Kings, and we're going to talk about somebody who loved their God more than they loved their life and the life of their child, mothers. That's hard, isn't it? I got to love God more than I love my family. I got to love God my own children. Why? Because if you do, you're going to unlock the power of God. Now let's go to 1 Kings, if we would, 17, 17th chapter of 1 Kings. And let's read verse 11. We'll begin in verse 11 of 1 Kings, chapter 17. We there? Yes. And as she was going to fetch it. Now this was the lady and her son who were beyond broke. They had a handful of meal, right, and a little oil. Now she was out fetching sticks to do what? Make a fire so she can make some hot water bread and die. Okay? I'm sorry. I am down south. Y'all do know what hot water bread is. Okay. I'll well, say flat cornbread. Okay? We'll say that. And, and, and as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake but a handful of meal in a barrel. She said, I don't even have a cake. It's the makings of a cake. That's all I got. He said, uh, I have a, a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son that we may eat it and what? Die. Boy, that was a rough day. You, did y'all have a bad day this week? Not like this lady. Man, she said, I have no hope. Because after this, we gone. Now, let's see what happens. Did she go selfishly or did she go selflessly? Let's see what she did. Verse 13. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not. Now, who was Elijah? Servant of the Most High, right? Go and do as thou hast said. But make me, therefore, a little cake first. Now, remember, there was only going to be one cake. In her mind, I had enough for a cake. He said, he, he said, fear not, first of all. Calm down. Believe. Don't worry about it. Then he starts speaking. And he said, look, I need you to do something. Go and do as thou hast said. Go do your meal thing, do your cake thing, do your stick thing and all that. And, and fear not. Go and do that, what I said. But make me, therefore, a little cake first and bring it unto me. And after, make for thee and for thy son. Now, think about this. There was not going to be an after. She, I mean, she's like, after? After what? But the word of God through his servant said, do it. And don't, don't worry, don't fear that you won't have any cake. Now, he said, and make thee one for thy son. And, and, and for thus saith who? The Lord God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not waste. Neither shall the cruise of oil fail until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. See, there was no, nothing. There was no, there, nobody had anything. 
because it, it, it had rained. He said, guess what I'm going to do? Because if you do this, you're going to unlock the power of God. Now look at happened. He said, and she went and did according to the saying of Elijah. Why? Because she loved the Lord. She said, I, the Lord said this. I recognize that the man of God spoke the word of Lord. I'm going to do what God says because I love him. I love him more than I love my thought or my, my conclusion I have reached that I'm going to die. That I love God more than I, I love the conclusion I reached that there's only going to be one cake. He said, I will be selfless because God said do it. And what happened? Verse 15, and she went and did according to the saying of Elijah and said, and she, I'm sorry, and he and her house did eat many days. Why? Because God said, until it rains again. In other words, not only you're going to eat today, not only you're going to eat tomorrow, you will eat when no one else eats because there's been no rain. Why? Because you love. You've unlocked the power of God because you were not selfish. She was desperate when Elijah got there. You know how, how selfish we can get when we're desperate? When we think we don't have anything, we're going to go for ourselves and protect ourselves no matter what. You're not getting mine. She took the other route and said, I love God more than I love my life. I will give it all to him. Did she do all right? And the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by who? Elijah. See what happens? Selflessness unlocks the power of God. There's nothing, there's no one that could help her. There's no one in the community that had the oil and the meal. There was nobody around the area that could help her. But she did what? She took the road of humility, and God gave her everything she wanted and needed. What do you think he'll do for you with a selfless heart? Go to Luke. We're just reading some examples about what selflessness can do. It unlocks the power of God. Do we need the power of God? I'll tell you this. We now need it more than ever. As a group, as a church, we need this power, and the only way we're going to get it is through selflessness. I hate to tell you, if you're sitting on it, it's going to be like, the, like the, the manna from heaven. You remember the manna on Tuesday, if you tried to sit on it, you know, you went out and gathered five days worth of it. What happened to it? It got worm, it spoiled. Let me tell you, somebody, if you have and don't do, this is the time of the history of this world that it's going to rot. God's going to let it rot. And then it'll be too late. You'd be running to the church, trying to give something. But you've been sitting on it. You've been just letting it sit there. Well, you know, I, I eventually, I don't know, I might. Hey, selflessness unlocks the power of God. See, if you had something, give something. Watch what God will do. Did the lady have something? See, the lady wasn't rich. But she had just a little bit. What does God require? Your little bit. Matter of fact, he told her, give me all you have. Oh, y'all remember the widow's might, don't you? That's all she had. He said, look, and we talked about this morning, he ain't interested in the money, is he? He's trying to win your soul. He's trying to put the mind of Christ in you, which is selfless, and so you can have the connection to have everything that you ever need. Luke 7. Luke chapter 7. This lady that we're going to read about, selfless, and she unlocked the power of God. She unlocked the power of God, and God was the only one that could help her. Uh, watch this. Now we're in Luke chapter 7. You, and, and verse 36. Let's start at 36. Luke 7, verse 36. And one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him, and he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. Okay? He got invited to a church person's house. Amen? Amen? 
And behold, a woman in the city, which was a what? Ooh, she wasn't a church lady. She was a sinner. When she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment. And look at what she did. She was a sinner. She has never been invited into a Pharisee's house. Why? Because she's a sinner. Church people don't, don't, don't mingle with sinners. She knew she would be ridiculed, did she not? She knew she would be talked about because church people are the ones who talk about you real bad. Amen? Oh, look, at church folks ain't saying nothing today. Okay. Well, but this woman said, look, not only am I going to this house, I'm taking everything I have with me. Because, and, be, and he said, and stood, verse 38, uh, Luke 7, and stood at his feet behind him, what? Weeping. Remember he said humble. He humbled God. Jesus humbled himself. This is the mind of Christ. You got to get, you got to humble yourself. She stood there weeping. Weeping. And began to wash his feet with tears. Can you imagine how much weeping you got to do? How heartbroken you have to be. How humble you have to be to have this occur to you. And she was wiping his feet with her tears. And did wipe them with the hairs of her head. Look at this. Everything that she possessed is Jesus's. I'm selfless. Lord, I don't even have a towel. My, everything I have, my tears, my hair, this alabaster box of ointment. And kissed his feet. Oh, Lord. And Jesus didn't wear closed toe shoe. He wasn't walking in the grass and, and walking on the pavement. This was a dusty place. But she had given up everything. There was no self left in her. She had gotten to, no Johnson, she had gotten to the point where it didn't matter anymore. And she wiped them with her hairs of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. He said, now when the Pharisee which had bidden him, saw it, he spake within himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that touches him, for she is a sinner. Jesus, being selfless, didn't care. I came to save her. Okay? Now look at this connection. And Jesus answering said unto him, verse 40, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he said, Master, say on. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors, the one owed 500 pence and the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them what will love him most? And look what this lady's doing. She's unlocking the power of love because she humbled herself. She became selfless. She didn't care what people were going to say about her. She said, I have to get to this man because I owe him. And look what happened. And when they had more, nothing to pay, okay, I'm oh, sorry, verse 43, Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. And he said unto him, thou hast rightly judged. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, seest thou this woman? Look at this. The one you called sinner, you old selfish Simon. The one you called sinner. He said, that I entered into thine house. Thou gavest me what? No water for my feet. Why? Because Simon was proud that Jesus would come to his house. Selfish invitation. Okay? He said, guess what, bro? You didn't give me any water for the feet. But she hath washed my feet with tears. Un she's, see, she's unlocking that power of love. And he said, and wiped them with her hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss. But this woman, since the time I came in, hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint. But this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much. 
And you see what it takes? She gave it up. Selfless. Now what happened to her? To, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth life. Loveth little. Loveth little. What, ha what did Jesus turn and tell her? <laughs> she unlocked the power of God. Your sins are forgiven. She, she humbled herself. She became, she gave her best. She gave this on, because remember the other account in Matthew, it talks about how expensive this stuff was. She didn't care. It was selfless. She said, that's him. That's him. I need to help him. I don't have anything. I can cry and wash his feet. He, I have hair. I can wipe it. I have ointment. I can, I can, I can moisten that dry skin. He's been out in the desert walking on. I can do this because selfless will do that. And you know what she got out of it? She got out of it. Everlasting life. What are we going to get out of it? The same thing. See, love unlocks the power of God. Go to 1 John. Are we understanding this morning? I pray often. I said, Lord, you give me these things and I might... And I pray I, I, I don't have the vocabulary. I don't have the presentation in order to convey what he's given. I said, don't let my ignorance stand in the way of the lesson you're trying to teach. Because this is powerful stuff. This is revealing how to be heaven-like on earth. First John chapter 4. Start at verse 16. First John chapter 4. Love unlocks the power of God. Verse 16 of 1 John 4. And we have known and believed the, the love that God hath to us. God is what? Love. love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. So as Christ is selfless, humble, we will be the same type of people where? Not just in heaven, but where? In this world. There is no fear in love. See, selfishness, you are afraid. Selflessness, there is no fear. What are you fearing when you are connected to God? But perfect love casts out fear. Because fear hath what? Torment. The darkness, was Eve tormented after that? Was Lot tormented after that? Mm -hmm. See, that's called fear. Selfishness, always fear and selfishness walk together. Because that's why you're selfish in the first place. You're afraid of something. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him. Why? He gave us the example. Follow the example. Amen. Go back to Luke and we're going to just about close. Luke chapter 6. Unlock the power of heaven. Unlock the power of love by being selfless. The alabaster box lady taught us that lesson. Amen? We got to learn that lesson. The lady with a handful of meal taught us that lesson. And see, that as Job, uh, it was, the Hebrews was talking about Job and, and, and how Job saw the other side of God. You know, after the tribulation, see, Job realized that. He, he got to that point. See, we don't get to that point because we don't give God enough love to get through the tribulation. We don't, we so selfish, we never get to the point where the result of being selfless is occurring in our lives. We just become tormented all the time because it's all about us. And we're always afraid. Why are you upset? Why are you nervous? You're with me. Luke 6, start at 35. See, selflessness can do this, but you have to have the mind of Christ and you have to have the spirit of compassion in order to follow these instructions from God. Jesus was talking to the people. He said in Luke 6, 35, but love ye your enemies. How can your selfish person love their enemies? And do good and lend. Oh, you ain't lending nothing to your enemy. You won't even lend nothing to your friend. 
He said, do what? And lend. Hoping. Oh. Why? How can you do this? Because you're selfless. Because being selfless, you unlock the power of love. What are you worried about? If you gave it, it ain't much. Amen? Can God give more than you? Only to those who are selfless. You might not have anything because you've forgotten that you're selfish. He didn't give King Solomon all that wisdom and stuff while he was selfish, did he? What did King ask for? He said, Lord, give me an understanding heart, not for me, for what? So I may judge so great a people. So I may do a good job in the seat you put me in. He said, oh, selflessness. Here's my power. He was the wisest, wasn't he? Very rich. Temple was nice. Amen? Amen. Why? Selflessness. David taught him that. David was a nut. David always messed up, didn't he? But when David said, David had in his heart, he said, man, Lord, I want to build you a temple. We, you shouldn't be in, dwelling in tents. You shouldn't be dwelling in these portable things. You should have a place. And, and, and God says, I appreciate that, David. I'm glad that's in your heart. But David, you're not building my temple. There's too much blood on your hand. But your son will. And what did David do? Did he go and pout? He kicked and had a little temper tantrum, you know, in front of the Lord. I want to build it. I don't know why you won't let me build it. From that day until the day he died, he was selfless. He made provisions for the temple. He made sure his, I mean, not just from the people, from his own house. Selfless. And it unlocked the power of God because it helped Solomon realize what he needed to do to be selfless. Where are we? Luke 6 still. He said, but love you, your enemies, and do good and lend, hoping for nothing again, and, and your reward shall be what? Great. You believe that? Yes. And ye shall be, this is what the, the great reward is, ye shall be the children of the highest. What else you want? For he is kind unto the unthankful and unto the evil. Is he not? Was he kind to us? Yes. Were we unthankful? Yes. Were we evil? Yes. He was still kind. Amen. He said, that's what the children of the highest do. So when somebody's despitefully using you, he said, lend to them. He said, I got this. Your reward is great. You don't know what's going on. Just do what I ask you to do. Be selfless. Lord, help us. Be ye therefore merciful. Merciful. What? As your father also is merciful, judge not, ye shall not be judged. Condemn not, and ye shall not be condemned. Forgive, and ye shall be forgiven. Give, and it shall be given you. You believe that? Amen. Now, look at this exchange again. We're at this exchange rate again. He said, give, and it shall be given you. Then he says, I'm about to describe how I give to people, because you have unlocked the power of God. He said, good measure pressed down, shaken together, running over. Shall men do what? Give, Give unto who? Your bosom. Why? You just unlock the power of God. See, God will work on those that have to give to you. Amen? If you take the selfless position. Because why would God give you pressed down, shaken, running over, and you selfish? What would you do with all that God gave you? Selfish thing. And you'll become a twofold child of hell. And you would make God, you, you would misrepresent him. He said, for with the same measure that ye meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. Isn't it wonderful to have a God like this? Who won't give you press down until you're selfless. Because if he gave you press down while you're selfish, he'll kill you. That darkness will suck it all out. It's like lottery winners. They win a lottery broke in six months. Because darkness got them. We got something bigger than the lottery. I think they gave, what, $200 million away a couple months ago. 
We got something bigger than that. Y'all believe that? Yeah. Last scripture, Second Chronicles. This is what God asked us this morning. God said, turn from the darkness. Let's turn from selfishness. Let's cling to selflessness. Let's unlock the power of God. And he said, this is how you do it. And I, God says, I promise I will help you. I promise and I cannot lie. God says, I cannot lie. I will help you. Second Chronicles chapter 7. If you read with us, we're going to be at verse 14. Second Chronicles chapter 7. He said, I need my people to turn from darkness. Separate from it. Cut the cord of darkness. He taught us this morning that darkness is in our lives because of selfishness. Selfishness has the devil present in our lives. You remember Jesus said, the devil comes, but he has nothing in me. See, when Jesus walked around, the devil kept trying to do the same thing to Jesus as he does to us. He tries to hook onto something that's in Jesus. He was trying to hook on to self, but there was no self in Jesus, and he couldn't hook on to him. He couldn't bring him into the darkness because he was selfless. There was no darkness in him, and the darkness kept trying to get him, and, and he finally had to kill him physically, and he still couldn't get him. Because as they beat him, there was no selfishness in him. As they ripped out his beard, there was no selfishness. He could, he would, it was not in him to go for himself. He told Peter, Peter, don't you know I could, quail, I could call 12 legions? But it's not about me. It's about you, Peter, because after I get, I, I, I'm resurrected, you're going to need me. And you want the mind of Christ. I want the mind of Christ because that's a selfless mind. He asked us this morning in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, let's read verse 14. It says, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Simple, isn't it? He said, you want your house to be healed. You want your economic situation to be healed. You want your relationship to be healed. Turn from your wicked ways. Did he not say that? He said, first of all, let me get this straight with us. First, I'll forgive your sin, and that's the most important thing. Amen. So then I'll get you in a position of selflessness. He said, but I need you to do this. I need you to humble yourselves. I need you to submit to my selfless ways. Pray. How are you going to pray and you're not humble? People just pray because, I, Lord, give me what I need. Help me through the day. Jesus, we have one account about Jesus saying, help me. When all the sins of the world were laid upon his shoulders, and he only said it as an introduction to what he was, else he was going to say. Remember, he said, if there's any way possible, take this cup. But what? Because I've humbled myself and I followed your plan, Lord, not my will, but what? Thy will be done. Does that sound like our conversations? It's going to be our conversations. See, once you hear things in this church, once you hear things from the word, claim it. There's power in that. Claim it. Yes, we might not be there at whatever time it is, but we're getting there. Why? Because when the roll's called up yonder, we're going to be there. And the only one that's on that roll is those who are selfless who have gotten a victory over self, victory over fear. Why we have to fear? We should be spending all day praising the Lord, thanking the Lord. Remember, God inhabits the praises of his saints. Amen? Amen. So what do we learn this morning? Darkness has a hold on us through what? Selfishness. Selfishness. He said, humble yourself. 
pray. Seek my face. Turn from the wicked way. I will hear from heaven. I will forgive your sin. I'll heal your land. Anybody need healing today? Yeah. Well, our land is corrupt, but not for long. He promised that. Amen? Yeah. We okay? Yeah. All right, let's have a word of prayer.